Welcome back to Behind the Play. My name is Alex Adams, and I'm joined once again by someone who knows the Calgary Flames very well. Uh, coming on for the second time, uh, Eric Francis of Sportsnet. Thanks so much, Eric, for taking the time. It's not like uh, it's busy times in Flamesland, so uh, you know I, I I do really appreciate you uh, coming on. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me, Alex. Um, before we get to the the flames, I just wanted to kind of ask you a little bit. Um, I think we talked about it a, a bit last time, but now I'm covering the Ottawa Senators and in the dressing room and doing all the that kind of stuff. What advice would you have for me? And, and maybe what kind of did you learn throughout your years of how to cultivate relationships with players, management, and and the like? Yeah, you know, you kind of use the you, you bury the word in there. Relationships, like I think that our business is like almost any other business, it's really all about relationships. And I think that uh, too many of our colleagues don't quite understand that. It, it really is about cultivating relationships, you know, in the front office, uh, even with the training staff, with the players. Um, the more people you get to know and, and they respect you and you respect them, uh, the more information flow that there is uh, on a daily basis and on a month, monthly and annually basis. So I, I just think work on those relationships, you know I mean? there's only so much you can do in terms of getting close to players and you don't want to be their buddy or anything like that, but uh, you do want them to know that uh, you can just have a, a normal conversation. Uh, too many times the relationships are always just with a tape recorder in your hand and it's always on. Uh, I think it's important to just grab guys when they're just, uh, they just get off the ice. Um, you know, when the scrums over here and everybody's talking to that guy, I want to be over there talking to everybody else. That's that's kind of my goal. So, and then just building relationships, talking to them about whatever. I always remember one of the toughest nuts to crack was Mika Kiprasov. Yep. Uh, the guy never liked talking to the media, rarely talked to the media, found a million ways to duck the media, <laughs> then pretended he couldn't speak English very well. There was a million ways that he would go about it, and it was always comical. But I'll never forget one day uh, finding common ground with him on uh, street fighting. He loved this guy named Kimbo Slice. Oh, yeah. Since deceased. And anyway, he, he was debuting on NBC and it was a whole thing. And oh my God, I, I it was like I had met a new man. I mean, I just <laughs> somehow Kimbo Slice came out of my mouth. And next thing I know, we had a half hour conversation about street fighting. You never know what these guys are all about, but that's why you have to get to know them. So mm. that, that would be my advice. Well, I, I appreciate that, and uh, I'll try to see if uh, you know the next generation of at least with the senators like MMA or something like that. So I need to, <laughs> yeah, I need to... it, it's amazing. Like I'm old, when I first got into business, like almost thirty years ago, I was the same age as all the players. So we talked about completely different things than I try to talk to them about now. Um, yeah. and, and 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 it just evolves. Uh, or devolves, whatever, however we get older. So, yeah, ask them about UFC. It's amazing how much they uh, they like that stuff. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, uh, that's on my bucket list for tomorrow at uh, at practice, so I, I got that. Um, Eric, obviously uh, huge news in, in Flamesland with Nikita Zadora being traded to the Canucks for a third-round pick and a fifth-round pick. How well, like, how would you maybe grade that trade for the Flames and, and – uh, just talk about the trade itself. Uh, I think it's a good trade for the Calgary Flames. You know, I don't think anyone's overwhelmed by the return. And I know in Calgary, people are uh, largely disappointed with the return. We live in a world with, uh, you know, online hyper hyperbole. P 
people, you know, losing control, you know, people who've never been in a dressing room who are reporting things or throwing things out there. There was somehow a belief that Zadorov was going to land this team a first round draft pick. I mean, it, it blows my mind that people would think that he's a fifth defenseman who makes more way too much money for a guy playing in that role. Um, hey, he's a solid defenseman and he's going to be a nice addition for the Vancouver Canucks. And I am not throwing shade on him. I'm just saying people needed to be a little more realistic. Flames acquired him three years ago for a third round draft pick. He's worth barely more than that right now. He's got a third rounder and a fifth rounder. I think people are just upset because the third rounder isn't until 2026. Mm. People are impatient. They don't want to wait for things in life. I get that. That's the world we live in now. And, 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 you know, what people don't understand who are criticizing the trade also don't understand is opening up cap spaces is the key part of this move. Uh, that's like gold. That That's a huge asset to have when you're moving forward. And they never retained any of Nikita Zadorov's salary, which is also huge in this because uh, you have three slots in which you can retain salary in a trade. This just sets them up for the three bigger trades that they're potentially going to have to make this year with Lindholm, there's the, uh, Lindholm, uh, Tanev, and Noah Hannafin. And you may want to retain some salary there because then the return would be even greater. So this was a really good move by by uh, by Craig Conroy. It's interesting that he has to navigate a world that's really quite upset with him for making the trade when he did. It's uh, At the end of the day, fans often overvalue their own players. They don't realize that in the grand scheme of things, many of their players who they covet and really start to fall in love with or really admire, they're not as good as they think they are. So we just found that out. Well, you, with that, you kind of intimated that, you know, those three uh, slots for salary retention might be going to the three UFAs in terms of Lindholm, Hannafin, and, and Tanev. But the Flames have been on a winning streak of, of sorts and, and really climbing up the standings finally back to, to 500. Like, how does that affect those guys' futures in Calgary? Is Does that elevate the chances that those guys get signed? Like, what do you make of that? Yeah, I, I think it's the obvious question. Uh, you know, I think they've got the Flames and these players have some major decisions to make in the new year. I don't think that this Zadorov trade kickstarts uh, a domino effect where all these other guys are going to get traded in the next coming days or weeks. I still think because the Calgary Flames have turned their season around and are playing really good hockey, they're 8-3-2 and two, uh, over the last little stretch, I think that, you know, they want to see what this team is capable of. And, yes, it makes it even harder to trade away core pieces like Tanev and Hannafin. I mean, each one of them scored last night in, the, in their uh, really dramatic overtime come-from-behind win against Dallas. But, you know, at the end of the day, they they love these guys. They love the young guys coming up and seeing these veterans. They're great role models, all three of those guys. I still think at least one of them is going to stay with the team long-term. But if they keep winning – Maybe there's a chance two of them will stay with the team long term. So uh, it's going to be very interesting over the next, I'll say, six weeks to see how this team plays, and then in you know, in following that, how they act as a front office. What are the chances any of those guys get to free agency in terms of, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of Flames fans think about Johnny Goudreau, of course, and Matthew Kachuk. Like, how likely do they let those guys go to free? Eh. Agency? I would say there's like 10% chance that any of them get to, to play out their season this year and then just walk into free agency. I, I Craig Conroy said that in his opening press conference that we cannot let 
we cannot have another Johnny Gaudreau situation. And even though none of these players are of the same caliber of Johnny Gaudreau, they're still all impactful players. So he's made it very clear he won't do that. This game is all about asset management. I can't imagine any of them would be allowed to do that. Now, I can envision one of them or maybe two of them signing with the Flames, changing mm-hmm. their mind and saying, you know what? The grass isn't always greener somewhere else. I do like it here. We are building something pretty cool. Um, that's a possibility as well. So uh, there's a better chance that one of those guys will sign than there is that they'll just walk into free agency. Uh, of those guys, like which one do you think is the most likeliest to stay? Like, do, Or maybe just update on the contract status of of like contract negotiations of Lindholm, Hannafin, and Tanev. I personally think the, the guy with the best chance of staying is Tanev. I think he likes it here. I mean, he's absolutely beloved here. Uh, guys, over the last couple of days, because he blocked a shot with his face <laughs> and avoided crazy injury. Um, I've heard two players say he's the best teammate they've ever played with. You know, even if this Flames team is retooling, and that's what they are probably going to do in the next six weeks or so, um, you still want your 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 core players. You still want your leaders. You still want guys to teach the youngsters how to play. And there's no better guy, no better role model in that room than Chris Tanev. So, and in terms of contract updates, the Calgary Flames about three or four weeks ago, I reported that they had frozen all contract talks and uh, all that's just on hold right now while they see what they have here. Now that's not to say that they couldn't come up with a deal really quickly or change tack on that, but for now, everything's kind of on hold. Sounds like kind of like until the deadline looms, then that's really when contract negotiations probably ramp up, I'd imagine. Yeah, I think so. And, yeah. I, you know, there's the door off trade. I, I don't think, you know, all this stuff could be, the kick, they can kick the can down the road for at least another month or even two on signing these guys or trading them. The trade deadline actually works in their favor in terms of other teams being able to afford guys and also putting pressure on other teams. Now you run the risk, of course, that one of these guys would get injured. If that's the case, then maybe you really push hard at signing them long-term. I don't know. The Flames have lots of options, and there's no rush. The one thing I will say about Craig Conroy, uh, I do subscribe to the feeling, the belief that he deserves a lot of credit for being patient because mm-hmm. a lot of times over the last you know six months, he could have shown a little impatience, and it could have hurt them. Mm-hmm. Um, with that, obviously I'll, I'll go to the team on the ice because, you know, that's, that's what you cover day in and day out. And, uh, obviously they've been rolling, uh, back and, and coming back with a, as you said, eight, three and two in their last, uh, what is that 13 games. So what do you think has been kind of the catalyst for this team to return to form? Well, I, you know, they'll, they'll tell you that what turned their season around because they lost six in a row at one point early on. Uh, they'll tell you that it was the injection of youth, the, the youthful exuberance, the, the energy that these young guys brought. Connors Derry and Martin Pospisil have uh, really taken this team by storm. Uh, you know, in some cases, Zari's been their best player. And uh, it, it's been quite an amazing jump for both of them. You know, I think everybody was hoping they would be everyday NHLers, but I don't think anybody knew or had any thought that it would happen this year or happen this effectively this fast. So that they have been incredible revelations for this team. And I think it cushions the blow for fans who know that they're probably going to lose core players in like Lindholm and Hannafin to know that these youngsters can jump in and be difference makers. So that, that they've been a big part of the turnaround. Uh, their goaltending has been really good from the start of the season. 
And, uh, you know, offensively, their leading scorer, I think, has six goals right now. That's, like, abysmal. But there are, like, 12 guys who have between four and six goals on the team. Uh, their defensive score, like, I could go on and on. But the turnaround has been significant to the point where last night the coach admitted, you know, we've got some momentum going right now. And, like, there's a feeling over the last two or three games, they're down in the third period almost every game, and there's always this feeling that they're going to score. And and last year they had two third period comebacks all season long. This year they've had five already. So yeah. there's a resilience to this team. That's the buzzword around here right now, resilience. This team, in this 13-game run that I just cited, 8-5-2, and two, they've only scored the first goal in the game twice. Uh, <laughs> so they're battling back that, you know, um, all those game, all the games they've won, they were behind at one point. So full marks to them. There's a lot of character in that room right now. Yeah, and with that, like Connor Zeri, like I, I, I saw that a chance last night where he almost went around the whole team and scored. Yeah. Like that was pretty, pretty sick. Do you see him as like the next top line center for this team, like number one center, or it's, or just where, where do you see him, and and how amazing has his start to the season been with ten points in thirteen games? Yeah, on a, per, on a point per game average, he's only behind one guy in the rookie race, and I think you know who that is. Yep. So uh, it's interesting. Um, he's got to keep doing it, though, and there's a lot of people who don't think he can keep doing this or at this pace. But I'll tell you what, that move, he, there were a couple moves he flashed last night, some inside out, and uh, Nazem Kadri said, those moves take courage because if they don't work, puck's going back the other way pretty quickly, but also you can look pretty stupid. And, uh, you know, I think everybody admires that courage because it's entertaining. And, uh, man, it, it shows a, a poise that I didn't think this kid had uh, at all, let alone in the NHL in his first, you know, 15 games. So uh, the future for Zari, I don't know. I, I certainly don't want to limit him. I still don't think I see him as the top line uh, center, but, I, you know, he's playing on the wing right now with Kadri. Fits in perfectly there, so... I could see him be, he's a second line winger right now. It's amazing and he's productive. So uh, I guess I shouldn't discount the possibility that one day he could easily be a top line guy. Uh, and with the youngsters, I actually watched Dustin Wolf in his, his only game this year in Ottawa um, alongside Julian McKenzie. And I thought, even though his, you know, the scoreboard and the stats didn't look remarkable, I thought he looked really confident, really poised in the net. How likely. Will he get more of a shot? Obviously, Dan Vladar's the backup hasn't been great, although played well, I think, against Vegas recently. But uh, just what do you think is kind of up with with the Wolf situation, and when will he get a chance on this Flames roster? You know, I think he'll still get a handful of games this year. But, uh, hey, this team's in win-now mode, and, and they think that Dan Vladar and Markstrom give them the best chance to win now. And uh, I don't see that changing. I know everybody in the world wants the trade to happen. And I think everybody in the world agrees that Dustin Wolf's the best goaltender on the planet that's not playing in the NHL. There's no question about it. With the stats he's put up, he's been, you know, the top goalie in his league each of the last four years. I mean, that's incredible. I'm not sure anyone's ever done that in NHL history or in hockey history. So he's going to be here. Uh, but, you know, and I do believe next year he'll be here full time starting the season. But uh, this year, I, I still think that Vladar is going to be the guy from now until the end of the year. Now, there are teams around the league like Edmonton and and other teams that really could use a goaltender. And um, I think that if the price was right, then they would trade Bladar to one of those teams. Hmm. Uh, although I know Craig Connor doesn't want to trade with Edmonton. But, uh, <laughs> you know, Bladar's numbers haven't been great this year either. But, man, you alluded to it the other night. He 
absolutely stole two points against the, the defending cup champs. So that people see that around the league and go, yeah, maybe this guy could be a, a starter on our team. Obviously, Jonathan Huberdeau has, you know, been a point of contention for the Flames fans ever since he's got there. Like, but he seems to be gaining a bit of steam with his play of late. Um, I think he's tied for point for the most points on this team right now. Uh, just how close do you see his game right now to re- maybe returning to where he was at when he was on the Florida Panthers? No, I don't see him ever returning to where he was at with the Florida Panthers. I, you know, I haven't seen anything that makes me be- believe like. If there wasn't statistical proof that he got 115 points this season, I wouldn't believe it. Nobody in Calgary could ever believe that because we see no signs of a guy who's a point-of-game player in the National Hockey League, like nothing. If I were Mm -hmm. to rank the forwards on this team this year, I would say he's probably been their eighth or ninth best forward uh, this year, which obviously is unacceptable. So, you know, he's a classy guy. We all like him. He's working so hard to try and get through this. He has been better of late. I'll give him that. Uh, for sure, uh, he's sitting in with Backlund and uh, Coleman on the third line. Um, but long term, that's not where they want to see him, and he doesn't want to be there long term either. He needs to be out there producing points. So better, but still not good enough. And obviously, Ryan Huska, you know, benched him earlier in the year. You know, he's made some bold choices. They were off to a poor start. The sky's falling. Uh, but obviously they've regained themselves a little bit. Just how would you evaluate Ryan Huska's job so far as, as Flames coach? I think he's he's come as advertised, and I know people outside of Calgary don't even know what that means, but he's a he's a communicator. The players love him and they respect him, uh, but he's also very demanding. Um, you know, obviously what was missing in here for the last several years was communication from Daryl Sutter, and this guy's come in and he provides it in spades, not just with the players, but with the media and for the fan bases. He's always explaining everything to everybody. And he's, uh, you know, 10, 10 games into this season, he they'd won two games. And they were on a six-game losing streak. And I bet there were a lot of people thinking, oh, my God, this guy's NHL career is over before it's even began. Uh, but, I think you know, people in Calgary knew that he wasn't getting fired this year. But, yeah. boy, it was, a, it was a rocky start. And, again, I give him full credit for turning that ship around, using a ton of patience. Uh, he didn't panic. Uh, I think Ryan Huska is, you know, deserves a ton of credit. Listen, I'm not going to tout him for coach of the year or anything like that right now, but if this team does make the playoffs, especially after the start they made, uh, I think he's, you know, that's the kind of guy he's got to be in that discussion. I'm getting way ahead of myself here, but mm-hmm. I will say that he's been impressive. You had a really cool article about Michael Backlund and the leadership he's shown just kind of as the captain for, you know, in his first year as the captain, just what have you seen, uh, from him around the team and what do you think he's brought to the flames as a captain this season you know uh, without a captain the last couple of years uh you know this is a team that uh had no way to kind of communicate with the coach you know the captain is the guy who goes in and out of the room uh or captain goes in and out of the coach's room and and, and is the bridge between the two uh but this is a guy who uh has been an incredible leader. He's been their captain for the last two years, really, but now it's official. Um, He leads on the ice, by example. Off the ice, he's an incredible spokesman, beloved in our community. Um, Can't say enough about him. And even just in their recent win against Dallas in overtime, he said, you know, Michael Backlund and the leadership group has done an incredible job with this room, especially in helping us believe that we we can come back anytime. And they have been so... So he's he's full mark for him.
Last question, just because, uh, you know, Flames fans have been wanting a, a new arena for a long time. Just where do you see that with, you know, obviously uh, we don't have to get into politics, but the the party that one wants the, the new arena has that kind of set up. Just what what update um, on, on that kind of situation? Yeah, yeah. It's, sorry, my dog's barking because I got to no, no. go over here. But uh, it's all uh, good. The arena's coming. Uh, finally, politically, everything lined up. They've got it coming. Uh, they'll break ground sometime in 2024, probably in the summer, and it'll be a three or four year build from there. It's a tremendous relief for an organization that obviously needed it, and it's going to be a huge thing for this city to to help develop the downtown. Well, uh, you need like the biggest press seat in at the new arena, Eric. And uh, thanks so much for for coming on and, and taking the time. Anything you want to plug at Sportsend other than other than your dog uh, before I yeah. let you go. That's my dog, Turner. Uh, anyway, yeah, thank you. No, I appreciate the opportunity to come on. Always good to chat with you. Let's do it again soon, my man. For sure. Take care. Have a good one.